All right, let's take a look at this now. Cyber experts welcoming the president's signing of the Cyber Crimes Bill, with some saying it's the correct response to the current dangers that we're finding ourselves in. One of the things that are one of the things that's being highlighted is the fact that the bill criminalizes the distribution of harmful data messages. This is on social media applications. Vele Ostezen joins us now, and she's a partner at Shepstone and Wiley at attorneys and she's also the head of social media law at the department there. Good morning and thank you so much for your time today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Sure. Let's talk about the cyber crimes bill. What exactly is it going to do? Well, it's actually been signed into law, which is quite exciting because it's been in development for a long time. But essentially, it actually it actually criminalizes certain acts in a very clear way and sets out the law relating to uh, data messages where it had been quite unclear before and quite difficult for people to prosecute crimes uh, without, you know, having proper definitions that related mm. to data messages. I suppose a, a huge part of, of, of enforcement of this bill is going to come down to... Um, what we describe as harmful data, what are the definitions then for that? Well, they've actually put um, quite specific definitions in the in the uh, act, and it's uh, you know I'm not going to read all of them out, but mm. they've been quite specific about it because they talk about cyber fraud, they talk about cyber forgery, they talk about um, you know in, unlawful interference. But they also talk about data messages with intimate images um, where, you know, people have their intimate images uh, forwarded on and that's been criminalized. Uh, They also talk about data Mm. messages where uh, people are inciting others to uh, damage property and they've criminalized all of these types of messages. We found ourselves, uh, in particular over the last couple of years, having very unfortunate incidents of people posting um, whether it's videos or pictures of their ex-partners in particular in what's been described as as revenge porn and we now basically as a result of this legislation are going to have ways of having that prosecuted yes absolutely and and it's going to be something that is going to be a lot quicker and a lot more easy to prove Mm. than in the past because it's quite difficult to uh, apply a very old law uh, to new types of crimes. And obviously, revenge porn is a new type of crime, and they've actually crafted legislation to deal particularly with revenge porn. One of the things that that is also important to look at is who exactly stands to be prosecuted. Is it the originator of this message, or is it anybody who shares this message? Well, it's everybody who shares the message. It can be the originator of the message. Mm. Uh, But the the point is that you can't, if you share a message or you share an intimate image of someone else that someone has shared with you, you can't just hide behind the fact that somebody else shared it with you. If you are if you are storing it and you are sharing it and you know passing it on, then you are also uh, guilty of a criminal offence. Of course, it, it it means that people's behaviours, especially where just automatically retweeting things or you know sharing information on social media, people are going to have to be a lot more circumspect about that. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that it's, it is about time that people realize that there are severe consequences to their actions when they do this. And it is spelled out very clearly in this legislation. I want us to also look at the, the issue of inciting violence and um, the criteria there in terms of what potentially could, could stand for prosecution. Well, it's when you are actually saying that somebody else wants, you know, that you're encouraging people to commit acts of violence. So when you are saying to them that we should go after these people and, you know, burn their buildings, or it's not just going to be the act of burning the buildings, but it's going to be the act of people encouraging others to burn the buildings. Uh, so it, it criminalizes something where people would usually say, well, that's just my freedom of expression and I'm just getting excited and caught up in the moment. Mm-hmm. You can't do that anymore. You actually have to be very circumspect about what you put on social media. Um, and it's, it's not going to be enough to just say that you're caught up in the moment, um, you know, and, and you, didn't, you didn't actually commit the crime. Mm-hmm. Saying it at all is going to be uh, criminalized or is criminalized. We live in a country where we have uh, a number of protests that take place on on a week, on a month, on a day. And I'm interested in this particular legislation for those who are organizers of different types of protests. And often... Um, you know, there's there's rhetoric that is said to accompany uh, protests. So people sometimes will say things like, we must bring this country to a standstill. You know, what does that mean? Um, how, how, how do we determine whether what is being said could lead to violence? And of course, the, 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 the context is that a lot of protests in this country end up becoming violent, uh, where you have property that comes under attack or even a certain people that come under attack. So if one is participating in a protest that turns out violent, could images of them threatening to bring an area to a standstill be used to bring prosecutions against those people? Yes, absolutely. And you bring up such an interesting point. And it's mm. particularly interesting in South Africa. And it's actually something that I've been studying yeah. um, for, <laughs> for my master's. Oh, that's great. Enough. That's um, great. Yeah. And and the fact is that, that political protests and civic protests and, you know, labor protests have been the backbone of change in South Africa. Mm. And it's something that was very important in the past. And, and was stamped out, you know, during the apartheid regime where, you know, people weren't allowed to say things um, in the media. But now, um, you know, people do use social media as a tool for change. But when it tips over into violence and when it tips over into encouraging violence, I think that that is the line that, that they're trying to mm. draw here. Mm. But it becomes very, very difficult to draw that line. Uh, because there is this um, history, you know, of rhetoric and there is, you know, certain types of, of um, in adverse commas, battle songs mm. that, that have been mm. used. And, mm. and are, are they, are, you know, are they really meant to say that you, that you are going to kill someone? Maybe not. Maybe it, it's just an expression. But uh, in terms of this legislation, it would be something that you could prosecute uh, a person for. And mm. so I'll be very interested to see how this legislation is used and the kind of culpability that organizers would have for protests um, of this nature. One of the things that it, it seems to be explicit about is, um, you know, inciting damage to property 
uh, not just to individuals, but but even to property. So if 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 people threaten to shut down a school, um, or you know, h- how far would that go if it's recorded on video and and sent and and sent around? Because we know that. A lot of organizing has been taking place via WhatsApp, which is a social media platform, via Facebook, via Twitter. Absolutely. And you, I mean, as I said, you bring up a point that I'm studying at the moment. There are, there are acts that regulate gatherings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the right to protest, the right to associate, the right to, you know, express oneself is all enshrined in the Constitution. But it has to be balanced against other rights. And obviously, people have a right to not have their property damaged. So I think that line and the organizers, you know, when they are organizing a protest, they have to follow the laws that are in place to um, have a protest. And there are those laws in place. Mm -hmm. And they have to make sure that when um, they are organizing people, that it's clear to the people that they are organizing that there are lines that um, they cannot be crossed. So you cannot say that you want to damage the property you can say you want to shut down the school Mm. as in nobody can go in Mm. but it can't be that you are burning fires or breaking down fences or Mm. anything of that nature Mm. or encouraging that on whatsapp groups or any kind of doesn't even have to be on a social media platform it can be in a one-to-one message it's just a data message um, that is uh, defined in in the app so it's quite um you know, it's, it's quite far-reaching, and and people will need to be educated, especially mm. people that organise protests. D- does it mean that that ultimately, because a lot of this this information is contained on one's device, so if somebody makes an allegation against you, how important is it going to be for the cases that could potentially be 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 pursued to have access to the data on people's phones? Well, it's going to be very important and there's going to be um, applications that you can make in terms of the act to preserve the evidence because mm. obviously people are going to be wanting to They're throw their to phones away. They're going to delete, yes. We're going to just, <laughs> you know, we're going to burn it, burn it all up, yeah. Absolutely. And I think that that's something that, you know, is, is going to be a challenge in terms of these kind of cases and in mm. terms of these kinds of prosecutions. Mm. No legislation is going to be perfect and is going to cover every, every eventuality. Um, but they're trying to be as comprehensive as possible and anticipate those kind of problems by saying that you can apply to preserve the evidence and, and see someone's phone. But it can't just be um, Mrs. Jones who doesn't have, um, you know, isn't a, police, uh, a policeman going up and, and saying, give me your phone, I mm. want to preserve evidence. Mm. You'll have to go mm. to court and ask for an order. Mm. All right. L- let me go to Joe in Durban. Joe, good morning to you. Good morning, Katie, and good morning to your listeners. Yes. You know, I find it very strange when uh, people go on strike and infringe on other people's rights. When you go on strike, it means you are saying your rights have been infringed and you are trying to reclaim your rights. Mm. And uh, in that manner, you don't want to infringe on other people's rights uh, while you are claiming for your rights. So I find it very, very, you know, uh, you know, um, yeah, un- uh, yeah, uncalled for. And sometimes you find the leadership of the people who are going on strike. Mm. They even pronounce issues like, you know, we cannot guarantee anyone's uh, safety. Yes, yes, yes. So those kind of rhetoric, Mm. you know, it's very dangerous. And I don't think it's leading to a better society. Well, well, Joe, for now, it looks like, you know, statements like that will, will have to come to an end. 
Yeah, I, I, I think so. We'll thank God for that. Because mm. really, I mean, it's not doing good to all of us. You know, if I have a problem with my rights being infringed, I should have a problem infringing on other people's rights. Banning a school, I don't think it makes us any better, you know. Mm. All right. Yeah. Veli, any, any comment to what Joe is saying? I agree 100%. And I think that there's always going to be placed uh, a place for strikes, um, protected strikes that are done in accordance with the law and protected protests. Mm. And I think it is important for people to have their say. But there is a line, as I've said, and there can be no excuse for the destruction of property um, and to behave in a manner that infringes on other people's rights. Mm. And, and I really do agree with Joe. I think he makes a very good point. So, so what happens in, in the case where people are, are sharing this information to warn others and say, well, actually, um, th- this is what is being threatened. So just be aware. So I suppose I'm asking more a question around the public interest where the distribution of this information is concerned versus um, just sharing it with friends just for the fun of it? Well, there is no place really to to share um, content. You know, you can you can maybe describe the content, but you can't. Mm-hmm. You've got to be very careful that you're not republishing content and actually contravening the law by doing that. You would have to be quite specific about don't share this information, but not put the information up, for example. Mm. And I think that there needs to be an education process for the, for the public in South Africa about um, the legalities of sharing things on social media and um, talking about things on social media or encouraging and inciting violence, etc. Because people don't know. Uh, they think that they can say whatever they like and that they won't get into trouble, and that certainly isn't the case anymore. Jay in Durban, good morning to you. Good morning uh, to you and to uh, your <laughs> producer. You All right. My voice after so long. And, um, you know, um, thank you for this lovely uh, program, uh, giving our viewpoint. I, it's one of the best uh, radio stations thus far, I think, uh, worldwide. I think uh, you should get the uh, uh, victory medal. <laughs> right. Thanks, and, Jane. Um, what I'm getting at, you know, uh, words, our vocabulary, fight, violence, um, uh, delete, all these people, all these words are taken as a, fig- uh, uh, you know, um, not figuratively, but literally people want to execute it. You know, we say, let's, go and fight this cause. Mm. But today, children and the younger uh, yeah, people, even though some of them are so highly educated, want to take up arms, take up, uh, like has a previous um, caller said, destroying very, very important institutional academic buildings, you know, even our medical facilities uh, mm. and so forth, homes and people, even mm. to, uh, lives going right up to destroying your family and your children. It's not that. We should be sitting and negotiating, fighting that problem verbally, you know, coming to that situation. I think right from the start, the very vocabulary should be broken down and given that, you know, um, literal meaning uh, thus far. So this is where I come from. I say, you know what, negotiate, talk about anything, come to the table. Mm. We as family, as mothers and fathers, family members, should sit once a month and 
talk about our problem and let's uh, separate each one in its department and go forward. Thanks for those people who want to fight a cause. I think they should apply for a permit before they go on a riot or go on a mass Mm. protest. I have got my permit to go on a mass protest, but I will not destroy or break and uh, bring things to destruction. All right, Jay. Thanks for the call. Jay out in uh, uh, Durban. It's just after uh, 10.30. Let me go to Luyanda with the latest headlines, and I'll wrap up with Verli after this. SAFM 104 to 107 Nationwide Alright, did you hear Luanda Mom in those headlines? Nurses coming to work in their PJs in the Northern Cape? If you're out there, send us some pictures on the WhatsApp voice note. I'd really love to see what that looks like this morning. The number is 0614104107 and that's the WhatsApp line that you can send those pictures on. You can also tweet me at SFM Radio, the hashtag there SFM talking point. So, Verli, of course, we've been talking about the cyber crimes bill that has now been signed into law by the president. I've got one question for you, and then we'll wrap up our conversation. Good morning, Kathy. Could you please ask your guest as to what happens if you've already been vilified and bedeviled in the uh, social media? because already the constitution protects everyone's dignity. Now, what happens if that happened just before the signing of this bill into a law? Thank you very much. Veli? Well, there are common law, um, there are common law crimes, so, you know, that could be applicable. And somebody can go to the police station, and obviously lay a charge of um, criminal injury, for example, or go through the courts and um, claim civil damages. So there are remedies, but any legal remedy takes time. And so people just need to understand that it's not going to be a quick fix. And that is the dangers of social media, for example, is that Mm -hmm. people's dignity can be infringed very, very easily, a a lot more easily than it was um, in times gone past. Mm. So it's not the kind of law then that applies retrospectively? No. No, it won't. Uh, you, laws usually don't apply mm-hmm. retrospectively, and um, it will take quite a. It probably will take a little bit of time to implement. Okay. It has been signed into law. I'm not sure if it has commenced yet. Though. All right, all right. Verli, thank you so much for coming onto the show today. Verli Ust. Usterson. Uh, she's a partner at Shepstone and Wiley Attorneys and head of the Social Media Law Department.